More than a hundred British citizens have travelled to Switzerland to receive help in ending their lives. Helping someone to die in Britain is illegal and punishable by up to 14 years in prison. There have been several attempts to legalise assisted dying here, none of them successful. But a leading authority on the legal issues surrounding end-of-life decisions says there's now strong evidence to support a change in the law. I think it's regrettable that we're exporting our assisted dying cases to Switzerland um, for many reasons, not least the fact that people um, who want that option have to do it earlier than they might if it was an option in this country because they have to go while they're still fit enough to get on an aeroplane and, and, and actually travel to Switzerland. I'd rather see uh, a bit more openness um, in the UK about um, doctors' involvement in end-of-life decisions and I'd like to see um, a very well thought out and very carefully framed law which in some circumstances permitted doctors to assist their patients um, where they were suffering unbearably. Medical science has been capable of prolonging our lives greatly um, compared with 50 years ago. What it's been less successful in doing is prolonging the period of healthy, active, independent life. So I think a lot of people are really very concerned about the prospect of prolonged period of extreme dependency. The group of people that were young things in the 60s, the sort of baby boomer generation, are much less tolerant of being treated in a way that's quite demeaning than perhaps previous generations. So my grandparents' generation, when they became old and just sat around in their Parkinol chairs watching daytime television, it wasn't such a big move for them to be moved into perhaps a nursing home and to have to, to, to undergo that sort of, sort of life. But for, for someone who's my father's generation, he will not tolerate that. As a matter of priority, Professor Jackson wants the law to spell out clearly what doctors are allowed to do in treating the terminally ill without fear of prosecution. There are two lawful ways in which doctors do things um, which may shorten their patients' lives. One is to give doses of analgesic drugs like opioids in um, quantities that may cause respiratory depression and, and death uh, in patients. It's very controversial whether that's ever proper palliative care, whether in fact proper palliative care should never have that effect. And the other thing which is actually really fairly routine in our hospitals is withdrawing life support um, from patients who have no prospect of recovery. The withdrawal of life prolonging measures is lawful in this country because it's categorised as an omission, that the doctors are not actually doing anything. Failing to act and causing death means that they can escape um, the criminal law. So there's some murkiness, um, in my view, between lawful ways in which doctors can act to shorten their patients' lives and unlawful ways. Emily Jackson also wants the law to be more explicit about the circumstances in which relatives who travel to Switzerland with their loved ones might be prosecuted. In practice, the Director of Public Prosecutions has tended to conclude that criminal proceedings aren't in the public interest. Debbie Purdy from Bradford, who has multiple sclerosis, recently failed in an attempt to persuade the High Court that the DPP should explain the criteria on which he bases those decisions. She wants a guarantee that her husband won't be jailed for accompanying her to Switzerland. I do think that there's something a bit unsatisfactory about um, having a situation where people 
who help their relatives by taking them to Switzerland know that they might be potentially committing an offence for which they could go to prison for 14 years. Um, and, and that's, that's serious and, and people, it must give people extraordinary pause for thought. Um, so I think it's tough on the relatives. Um, but I also think if we think, if we do believe that it's never in the public interest to prosecute somebody, we have to think about the definition of the offence. Ultimately though, Professor Jackson says a new Act of Parliament is required, legalising assisted dying, but with several safeguards built in. One safeguard that's been suggested that might be very important is that any request for euthanasia is not treated, or for assisted suicide, is not treated as a, an immediate request for something that happens then, but triggers, as, it, as happens in Belgium, an investigation of what other methods, palliative care methods, might be able to address the patient's concerns. Some people say that if you institute a system where doctors could um, help their patients to die, that it would erode trust between doctors and their patients. I'm not sure that the evidence quite bears that out. In the Netherlands, for example, studies show very, very high levels of trust in the medical profession. One of the interesting findings um, in relation to a country that's legalised assisted dying is in Oregon in the US, which has legalised physician-assisted suicide. There was a fear that this would become a very popular option for people without medical insurance or um, poorer people who would um, perhaps think that this was a way of relieving their family of the burden of, of paying for long-term care. And the evidence from Oregon is, doesn't bear that out at all. Um, the people who've opted for assisted dying, and it's a tiny, tiny number, I think there were 49 cases last year, which is a tiny percentage of all deaths in Oregon. Um, the, the people tend to be much better off um, than the average population, all to have access to hospice care, all to have, almost all to have um, private um, medical insurance. But Professor Jackson doesn't expect the UK Parliament to follow Oregon's example anytime soon. There doesn't seem to be any will on the part of the government or the opposition to bring this forward as a flagship piece of legislation. Though that, it must be said, is quite out of step with um, what seems to be public opinion. The British Social Attitudes study found real gradations in the public's um, response to whether assisted dying could ever be legitimate, but in some cases, the most serious cases, support was at around 80%. For now though, the opponents of assisted dying are every bit as vociferous as those in favour. Professor Jackson accepts that any change in the law should acknowledge that difference of opinion. I don't think anybody is suggesting that um, euthanasia should ever be something that is done to people unless it's a cause with their wishes. So absolutely, some people have a very, very strong belief in the sanctity of human life and they wouldn't want any sort of assisted death and that's got to be respected. And I think that's why any law that was designed to um, allow access to assisted dying would have to be confined to people who believed that that was right for them. And I think the important thing at the moment is that people who do believe strongly that it's right for them have their wishes interfered with by other people who believe that um, assisted dying would be wrong. And I think, in a way, it's best that we just respect different people's idea of um, how their, the ageing and the dying process would be best for them. Mm -hmm.